you'd like to take a seat, we're going to have our Bible reading now. So the reading today is from Matthew 28, um, verses 11 to 20, and this can be found on page 1000 in the Red Bibles. We do have Bibles in other languages, and versions of those are available at the back, and the page numbers are on the screen. So Matthew 28, beginning at verse 11. While the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. When the chief priests had met with the elders and devised a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them, You are to say, His disciples came during the night and stole him away while we were asleep. If this report gets to the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has been widely, widely circulated among the Jews to this very day. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks so much, Ros, for reading that. Um, Do do keep it open. We're going to have a look at it uh, fairly closely this evening. Uh, Happy Easter to you all. If I haven't had a chance to say happy Easter to you. Um, What we're going to do this evening is we're going to bring together or kind of bring to an end our Easter day. uh, And we're going to look at this end to Matthew's gospel. And we're going to um, have a look at uh, kind of how, if you were with us, some of you might have been here this morning as well. And you might have uh, uh, heard as we we looked at and Steve talked us through the, the resurrection account in Matthew, which stops just before this. And we'll bring things together and we're going to look at these Um, two commissions. We often think of the end of Matthew's Gospel as the Great Commission, and it says it there in your Bibles. And in fact, what Matthew does, and how we're going to try and understand it, is he sets it alongside another commission that comes first. There are two commissions, and we'll see uh, what we mean as we go along. But let me ask you, to get us in the mood for this, let me ask you this question which I wonder if you might turn to somebody nearby and, uh, and say hello and perhaps, uh, perhaps just share, uh, uh, where do you get your news from these days? I know there are lots of different ways of receiving your news these days. Where do you get your news from? Who do you listen to? Who do you follow? How do you get your news? How do you get what you hear about the world around you? Turn to somebody nearby for about, we'll give you about one minute and we'll have a look at this together.
Okay, stick a hand in the air for me if, uh, if you talked about getting your news online these days. Yes, do you get it, uh, do you get it from Twitter, perhaps? Anyone? Very few. Oh, very few of you get news from Twitter. I get a lot of news from Twitter. Do you get it from Facebook? Yeah, oh, you're on Facebook. Okay. Um, uh, you might, any of you still get it from the television? Oh, some of you do. The radio? Hooray for the radio, yes. Okay, so now you get, you get your news. I'm sure we get it in lots of different ways. You, it kind of comes in all different ways. But these days, more than ever, perhaps, we are able, if you thought about this, we're able to get news in a way that is um, tailored or curated by us. We can select if you, uh, who you follow on Facebook, who you, who you follow on Twitter. You can curate your own news feeds. It's a striking thought that these days you don't necessarily, you're not necessarily at the mercy of somebody else's decisions. You can decide, well, I don't like the news they send me, so I won't follow them anymore. I do like who they give me. And you have to beware a little bit that you're not just tailoring your news to hear from only people that you agree with and only that you think you will like and recognize. It's an interesting phenomenon that we're in. Why do I ask you this question and why do I say this? There are two commissions. Matthew ends his gospel. And in a sense, there are, there are two kind of messages. We're going to look at them in a bit of detail. Two messages, two, uh, uh, two groups that are sent out with, with news. And it is possible to, I guess, he's asking us, how exactly are we going to receive this news about Jesus Christ? What are we going to make of him? All through his gospel, that has been a big part, uh, understanding who Jesus is and seeing the different reactions to him and the polarization, the growing sort of disparity between those who are for him and those who are against him. So it's no surprise that at the end, he almost offers us two commissions, two ways of understanding Jesus. What will we make of them? The first one I'm going to call the self-serving commission. Um, Have a look with me at these verses 11 to 15, and then I'm going to walk us through some of them. So while the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priest everything that had happened. So this is immediately after the women have just seen uh, and going to to, um, take their news. The guards, who we've heard about earlier in the chapter and we're supposed to be you know, part of the security we heard this morning uh, for the tomb, they now have to deal with the news themselves. So they go and report to the chief priests. When the chief priests had met with the elders and devised a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money telling them, you are to say his disciples came during the night and stole him away while we were asleep, and if this report gets to the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble, so don't worry. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed, And this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day. Okay, now work with me for a little bit here. Okay, for those of you who are perhaps a little bit more visually minded or even like to sort of information and data and tables and this sort of thing, well, you might enjoy this. If it's not your sort of thing, then just kind of come along for the ride. There is, if you see, this this is the commission of the chief priests. And it begins with a plan. But it's a very hurried one. So obviously this is, this is being done on the hoof. Policy is being made up uh, as you know, things are unfolding. And this is, not, uh, uh, this is not easy stuff, but verse 12, when the chief priests, so you assume that they've had this hasty meeting with the elders, um, someone's let the body go. We don't know where it is and we don't know quite what's happened, but we need a story and we need it fast. Um, so they, they come up 
uh, with this meeting, and we're told by Matthew they devised a plan. I presume somebody got to the end and went, that's the best we've got, so we better go with it. Um, This is the plan they've got. Um, And in that plan, and in what they're going to do, as with all these things, you you need a basis for what you're doing. You need a claim to authority. And Matthew draws it out. You, look, as you, you see what's going on here. In terms of the authority, they need to be able to convince the guards that they know what they are doing and will be able to sort of ride this out. And it comes down in verse 14. Uh, if this report gets to the governor, their superiors, we will satisfy him, the governor, and we will keep you out of trouble. It's a, it's a claim to authority. It's a claim to say, look, we've got a plan, um, and, and you you can trust us. We know what we're doing. And then they have a message. And the message is one of, uh, initially I'd got bad disciples, but I thought it was a little twee. So false disciples. That the, the disciples have come and they have stolen the body. And actually, if you look in the early, earlier on in the chapter, that's exactly what they kind of, uh, they, they sort of almost preempted their own arguments. Um, and that their message is, well, there were these false disciples, and it's a cover-up, and they've stolen the body, um, and that's what you are to go and tell people. Um, their motive, uh, how are you going to persuade these guards to believe this? Well, you give them cash. Um, so early on, uh, we told it twice, actually, in verse 12, uh, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money, um, and the, to- the soldiers in verse 15 took the money. The motive is pretty basic earthly wealth. Uh, This message we've got for you, uh, the basis on which you should do this is we will feather your nest uh, and we will make uh, you wealthy. And then perhaps the most striking bits, and we'll we'll, um, come to this, there is a teaching element here. As in all uh, messages, as in all commissions, there is a teaching element. And it comes in verse 15. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. If you go back to the older translations of the Bible, uh, it says they did as they were taught. They did as they'd been taught. Here are the um, the guards. Uh, They've been given this message, and they are doing as they've been taught. And, of course, what they've been taught by the chief priests is what serves the chief priests. Their message is one Their teaching is one that serves them. It serves who they are. It serves their purposes. They need to keep this cover up. Um, And then we can pick up the last little bits. The scope of it, this story has been widely circulated among the Jews. Um, So here are these, uh, uh, the local area, these Jews, uh, and the time involved. Well, it's to this very day, says Matthew. That's the story that's been unfolding in these past few years since Jesus died and rose again. Uh, it's a, a local, and it's been now. And this is the, the commission, if you like. Now, if you are sitting here thinking, well, it's not very satisfying, is it? Here are the, the guards have got this report. It's about a stolen body, and they've been paid off, and they seem to be doing what they've been told because it serves the priests and their ends, and that has got absolutely nothing to do with us now. And it's really very unsatisfying. As all self-serving commissions ultimately are. Deeply unsatisfying. 
It doesn't have enough meat on the bones to make you think, oh, I may be interested in that. It's, it's here, it's the chief priests, it's their way of trying to cover up the resurrection and its events. Okay, so this is the, the self-serving commission. Now, because I think Matthew is amazing, and I, I've really been struck by, uh, if you're going to tie up your work, you know, end well, any novelist, any filmmaker, end well, know what you're doing when you finish. And here he comes with the Great Commission. So let's read this. Uh, and I'm going to call this the Others Serving Commission. Okay? Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, Jesus. But some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Here is the other serving commission. Now, if you have half a thought and you're like, Paul, I know where you're going with this. Well, let's enjoy this, okay? So, Jesus has got a plan. He has, his plan is a greater plan. It stretches back in time, but even in the context of Matthew here, he has just instructed them to go ahead to Galilee. This is not a sort of, oh my goodness, I have been resurrected. What do we do now, folks? You know, I have a plan. You go to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them, he has a claim to authority. And what a claim it is. All authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. You want to see my credentials, says Jesus? Let's look at my badge. All authority on hev- in heaven and on earth has been given to me. The message that I have got for you is to go and make disciples. I want you to go and tell others this gospel news, this good news of death and resurrection, of forgiveness and restoration. Go and make disciples. And why? Well, look at what we're told about him. When they saw him, they worshipped him. Who is it you worship? You worship that who is God. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth. This isn't just uh, an earthly uh, kind of Uh, motive. This is an eternal motive. This is uh, a a new resurrection, new creation in view. This is the worship of Jesus, the resurrected one. And he says, do it, see me, see where we're going. And the teaching. So for those of you who kind of are already ahead of me, I said to you that in verse 16, 15, the soldiers took the money and they did as they were taught. And Matthew says, look, Jesus has given his disciples this message. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them. And the teaching that he wants them to have and to to pass on is the teaching that serves God. Teach them to obey everything that I've commanded you. I want you to teach them. I want them to know what life-giving service of God looks like. I want you to know who he is. I want you to know how to follow him. It's life and it's health and it's peace, as we often sing. And the scope of this is global. Go to all nations. Go to all nations and make disciples of them. 
and the time is forever. The guards reports, we were told, have been circulated uh, from now until this very day, until then. But when was the last time somebody told you that that was the sort of main thing about Easter, that a body had been stolen, the disciples had made it up, that sort of thing? I doubt that's been told to you very recently. But until the end of the age, Jesus says, I am with you, and this is the message you are to go with. So do you see, for those of you who love kind of processing information like this, this will excite you, and those of you who don't, I've got something else in a second, so hang on there. But, um, so, this is the others serving commission. Do you see, we, the first, the self-serving commission, it's, it's unsatisfying, it's weak, and it's watery, and it lasts for little time. But an others serving, a world-serving, global, Lord-enriching gospel and commission is one that has that which will satisfy us. Okay. The others serving commission. I think this is much more timely than we might realize. Um, and perhaps more relevant even, you know, kind of piecing together the end of, uh, uh, of Matthew's gospel. Um, you might be thinking, well, it's great, and we've kind of, you know, we, we look at this at this time of year, but but what has this got to do with me uh, tomorrow? I say tomorrow, it's a bank holiday, so maybe you're not you know, fully engaged with life for tomorrow. But perhaps on Tuesday and the days after, what has this really got to do with me? Um, David Brooks uh, is a writer I've talked about from time to time. Um, uh, this is his newest uh, book, um, which I, isn't even, I think, published yet, or isn't quite published yet in, over in the UK, I'm not sure. Um, it's called The Second Mountain. Um, it is, uh, it is an interesting-looking um, book, and I'm just going to read you something that is about it, and I'll tell you why in, in a second. So it's called The Second Mountain because he is trying to describe, um, I guess, how we are experiencing life at the moment um, and what it is like uh, to be human and how we look for meaning and where we're going. What is our commission, if you like? Um, and he says, everybody tells you... Um, Uh, to live for a cause that is larger than yourself. But how exactly do you do it? And his book is about this. Uh, uh, This is kind of the the description of it. Every so often you meet people who radiate joy, who seem to know why they were put on this earth, who glow with a kind of inner light. And life for for these people has often followed what we might think of as a two-mountain shape. Okay? The first um, mountain. They get out of school... They start a career. They've been climbing the mountain that they thought they were meant to climb. Their goals on this first mountain are the ones our culture endorses to be a success, to make your mark, to experience personal happiness. When they get to the top of that mountain, something happens. They look around and they find the view unsatisfying. They realize This wasn't my mountain after all. There is another, bigger mountain that is actually my mountain. There is a second mountain. And so they embark on a new journey. And on the second mountain, life moves from self-centeredness to other-centeredness. The things uh, they want that are truly worth wanting, uh, not the things people tell them to want. They embrace a life of interdependence, not independence. 
He's talking about a process of, which I guess many people perhaps in our day and age go through, and perhaps some of you go through, of getting to a point of thinking, this is not, my life is not satisfying when I have served just myself. The self-serving commission doesn't last. There is a second mountain. Now, in terms of where David Brooks's um, faith is, I'm not, I can't speak for him, I don't know fully. He writes about Christianity in, in certain ways. Um, uh, he's from the States. Um, it is interesting to me that verse 16, the 11 disciples went to Galilee and they go to the mountain, which in Matthew's gospel is like the second mountain because the first one had come earlier. Um, and there is this mountain moment where they are being given a commission which is other people-centered, which is Christ-centered, not self-centered, which has all of those things that we listed, where its motive is the glory of God and the message of the gospel for others, for the good of the world, not earthly money and my motives and my satisfaction. And what I find interesting that the books are being written and published right now about this kind of thing are exactly that the one doesn't satisfy. And Matthew presents them both and says, look, this won't satisfy, but this will. But notice uh, when, um, verse 17, when they saw him, when they saw Jesus, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Some doubted, often taken as that, just that reminder, this is true witness accounts. Because, of course, uh, they haven't read the rest of the story. They don't know how all the rest of the church will unfold. They don't know the next 2,000 years of history. So you'd be a bold person at that point to not harbor some doubts and thoughts about, well, how's this going to go? And that other person-centeredness, that Christ-centeredness, of course, is risky. Of course, pursuing Christ and his commission is risky and uncertain, and we have moments of doubt. But it means following something, or indeed someone, the Lord Jesus, who is greater than you and greater than me. It is a much more timely message than we might realize. At the end of this gospel, at the end of this Easter day, that is the question that Matthew leaves us with. He has walked us through the life of Jesus. He has walked us through the death and resurrection of Jesus. And as he stands and presents you very intentionally with these two commissions and says, who will you follow? Who will you listen to come Tuesday morning? Or even Monday morning, when you're at work, when you're with your family, when you're amongst friends, what will be the driving purpose? Will it be a self-serving commission? Will it be an others-serving, gospel-motivated, Jesus-glorifying commission? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we praise you on this Easter day evening that you are risen and that for hundreds and hundreds of years your gospel has been proclaimed and spread across the world, uh, even unto Manchester. And Lord, we praise you for that. 
and we pray we would be caught up in it. For those of us, Lord, who don't know you, I pray we might sense for the first time you are calling us to something far greater than ourselves in yourself. And I pray for, for us who know you, would you refresh our imaginations with what it means to go in your commission, the disciples who took that first message and has been passed on and passed down. Maybe we'd be caught up in it to the glory of your Son and the good of our entire world, we pray. Amen.